Miracy. And I'm not saying values don't have room for kindness and care of others, but it has to include you and your needs first and foremost. And that's where that disconnect happens. That's probably the biggest thing. Another thing that happens on occasion is that two values can bump each other, right? Have you ever asked yourself how to clarify your values or set boundaries that can significantly impact your life? And why does that even matter? Today's guest is no stranger to this question. We're gonna dive deep into the process of defining values, conquering resistance, battling fear and perfectionism. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. The heart of our conversation today revolves around helping clients identify and define their values and setting boundaries. Values and boundaries are not confined to the world of personal development. They also play a pivotal role in the professional growth area too. I've invited Michelle Pollack to the show today. She's a career and leadership coach. She works with high achieving women to determine what success looks like to them now so life can feel as good as it looks. I love that. Since 2017, Michelle has supported over 100 executives and leaders in advertising, entertainment, law, academia, marketing, and the nonprofit sector as well. She's been a trusted liaison and advisor on the award-winning Broadway production, Baz Luhrmann's La Boheme and on popular TV shows such as Without a Trace, to mention a few. Welcome, Michelle. So nice to be here, Melinda. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on the show. And before we dive into our topic, would you share just a little bit of your background with our listeners? Yes. My background is largely in entertainment. I started on the stage. I was set on being a star from a very, very, very young age. And part of how I ended up where I am today is actually was actually that transition from being a performer to going into producing and being a creative executive for TV. It was such a shocking transition for me when I didn't want to perform anymore. And so in my early 20s, when I, it was like I almost felt like I was having an identity crisis. And the only thing I'd ever known was entertainment. I was a very creative person, so that's where I just kept going. What I realized eventually was I never actually slowed down long enough to ask myself, what is it that's really most important to me for my life? I just kind of kept going on the trajectory I'd been on for so many years. And even though I was switching from being a performer to going behind the scenes, In my mind, I had to stay in entertainment. And I did for many, many, many years. And I had this bright, shiny career that left me feeling totally and completely unfulfilled, ultimately. And I just kept searching and thinking, okay, when I hit this next milestone, then it's going to feel good, right? I was hired as a creative consultant for Paramount Television on Grease Live. And right before I'd gone to do that, I had been starting to think about coaching. I'd had lunch with a friend who was a very successful coach. And then I got this phone call and I was like, oh, the universe is saying I belong in entertainment. I'm going, I'm going to go. 
this will help me know for certain which direction I should go in. And eventually, when I had my kids, it was like something snapped in me where it wasn't a choice to not ask myself what was important about how I was spending my time. I had been home with my kids for a few years. I had taken some time off. And it was like going back into that world after having been out of it. The rose-colored glasses were off. My brain switched into, this is not what I want my life to be anymore. I got really, really clear. And at the time, I, I didn't know to identify it as being out of alignment with my values. But it was totally out of alignment with my values. And I think it had been for a really long time. I think that's a lot of what leaves us so unfulfilled when we are pursuing success that feels like a should or feels like a supposed to. In my brain, I was going to be a producer. I wanted that corner office. I, you know, that was what success looked like. And I never stopped and slowed down to say, but it doesn't feel good, (laughs) you know, until I did. And then when I acknowledged that, I decided I was going to give coaching a shot. It was something that I'd thought about. It was something that had been suggested to me. I'd always been really, really interested in personal development work. And I went and did my coaching training through what is now Coactive. And that was it. It was that gut instinct of this is the thing for me. And I have not looked back. My my business has evolved. I have evolved as a coach, but it was That fulfillment and purpose that I was longing for that just was never present has been present ever since I started doing this. You had something in the intro when I was um, introducing you so that your life can feel as good as it looks. Like that, for me, the way that I said that was, I want my insides to match my outsides. I want them to be the same. Like that's the only way that I knew how to describe it. I didn't know it was a values thing. I didn't know it was a boundaries thing. I didn't know it was any of that or a purpose thing. Or I just knew the way I felt and the way I heard myself talking on the inside is not what I was portraying on the outside. And there was a big disconnect. And I was exhausted from that. And I was like, I just want my yes. outsides to match my insides. So talk a little bit more about the role that values play with helping our outsides match our insides and so that it can feel as good as it looks. So to me, values are really the ticket to fulfillment. Different people have different opinions about how many values you should using as that indicator. I know Brene Brown says you have to have two. Any more than two is too much. Then there are coaches that I've worked with that have said 10. I like five. And what happens when I work with my clients with five values is what we often find is there are two or three that they're really honoring in their lives and that are being honored in their lives. And then there are two or three that really aren't. And that's where they're out of alignment. And so when you use your values as a compass, it allows you to stop looking externally for answers and allows you to go internally to really trust what's going to work for you, right? Mm -hmm. So we look at the values, we define the values for each person because your definition of connection might not be the same as my definition of connection. Your definition of integrity might not be the same as mine. So... I have each person define that value for themselves. And then we talk about on a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you actually living that value in your life right now? 
How much are you honoring it? And how much is it being honored by the people around you? And that's where the boundary part comes in that's connected to values as well. Both with yourself and with others. Because if you're not honoring it and if others aren't honoring it, inside that gap, there's usually some boundaries that need to happen. I love that it's not just you honoring it, but that second question on a scale of one to 10, how are the people around you honoring that? Are they even aware of it? Is it something Mm -hmm. that they even know how to interact with you uh, in relation to those boundaries? I love that you're including both of those. Right? Yeah. And so I think that's a really important thing to look at. Yeah. In relationships with other people. Yeah. It helps us to inform where are boundaries? Where do they not exist? Where should they exist? Or they need to be articulated a little better. And I I know, like, just thinking about the values that are my compass, it wasn't, okay, my values are A, B, C, and D, and E. It was more like I was living them. And then the constant repetition and consistency of showing up, I was like, oh, that's got to be one of my values. Like, I'm thinking of this scenario, my dad, he had this phrase that he would say, are we having fun yet? And he would use that phrase if we were in a crazy difficult situation. It would be like, are we having fun yet? It's just a reminder. Or if we were in a crazy fun, awesome situation, oh my God, are we having fun yet? He would use it for everything. And so I adopted that. And fun is one of my values. And so I just knew that that mantra was in my life always. Are we having fun yet? Yeah. And I I would hear myself starting to use it with my team members, with my clients, with the people around me, with my kids, my family, all, all of them. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. That's that's a constant in my life. Ding, 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 ding. That's a value. Yeah. And so a lot of my values came to me that way. I did not do values work on the front end of things and then start, okay, how can I live this? And so how do you work with your clients? Is it always let's identify our values or is there let's see what's been showing up? Like how do you help clients define their values? Values are the very first thing that I do with my clients when we decide to work together. That is the jumping off point. I think it's so important that that is where we start. We do values before goal setting because to me, Goal setting is far more effective when it's done through the lens of your values. So it's not just I want to increase my income by 20% this year. It's I want to increase my income by 20% with integrity. That parameter allows you to set boundaries around how you will and will not approach that goal that you want to achieve. Boundaries to me are what are you saying no to so that you can say yes to something else, right? That is powerful right there because so many people, I think it's more so with women, but maybe it's just because I work with more women, they have such a hard time saying no. And a lot of the work that I've done is like, okay, if you say no here, what are you saying yes to? And they're like, oh, right, I'm saying yes to that. So I love that you just mentioned when we say no to something and have those boundaries, It's so that we can say yes to something that is aligned. Yes. I also work with mostly women. And often part of what you're saying yes to, which is why this can often be hard for women, is themselves. They're saying yes to their needs, their wants. And so in order to honor that, they have to say no to other things. Because you cannot be all things to all people and still take care of yourself. 
Exactly. So yes, that's how you look at goals through the lens of your values. Now, talking about this, the saying no, women have a hard time saying yes to themselves. Like a lot of clients, they'll often face resistance when it comes to defining their values. What are some of the common challenges that you've encountered with clients with this topic? Like how do you help them overcome these obstacles? That's a great question. So when that voice of self-doubt or inner critic or the people pleaser voice pops in and they're the one defining values, then it's actually not honoring yourself and your needs. If the people pleaser is determining values, it becomes about other people and their needs rather than yours. And I'm not saying values don't have room for kindness and care of others, but it has to include you and your needs first and foremost. And that's where that disconnect happens. That's probably the biggest thing. Another thing that happens on occasion is that two values can bump each other, right? When you're making a choice about something, you may have to choose one value over the other, which is why I have my clients really look at in this list of five, what's the number one? What's the non-negotiable here? One's never going to get bumped by five if you're making a decision about something, right? Mm -hmm. Not everything is always going to check the list of every single value that you have. So sometimes they'll be in conflict with each other. And that requires some decision making too. Now, you gave us a little, you kind of put that in there. I want to land it for our listeners. You know, when those two values are bumping up against, you said, you know, like rank them. Uh So if number one is bumping up against number five, you know, you go with number one. So, okay, got that. The first one that you talked about with the resistance and obstacles was about the the people-pleasing and uh-huh. that perfectionism and that voice of self-doubt. What's an exercise that coaches can do for themselves if that shows up or with their client if that shows up? What's a strategy or an exercise to address that? When I notice that getting in the way of values, I pivot. I pivot into identification of those voices. And my work around that comes both from my work with CTI and also with Tara Moore, who wrote a book called Playing Big. And she has a really extensive deep dive into what she calls the inner critic. So I start with that. I've also done work with Shirzad Shamin mm-hmm. around saboteurs. And so to me, her inner critic is what he refers to as the judge. So we'll talk through the voices, those voices that are kind of running the show. Most people have several. So I help them to identify the different ones. And my favorite exercise is to actually give them a character. Mm-hmm. So that they can really separate that voice from themselves. And I've had clients have everybody from Monica on Friends to Donald Rumsfeld <laughs> to Regina George and Mean Girls, which is, a you know, very cliche. But first of all, it lightens it up. Yeah. You know, if you all of a sudden hear Donald Rumsfeld in your head, it's hard to take that voice so seriously, right? So... Finding those different characters to be able to separate yourself from it. And then it allows you to start to hear that voice of self. It has been so quiet for so long. 
And I do, you know, I do inner wisdom visualization with my clients to get more in touch with that part of themselves. But as you know, as a coach, it's different for every person. And some people can tap into it right away. And for some people, when they're struggling to let those saboteur voices determining their values, we talk through things. And I have to listen for what is coming up in our conversation about what's rubbing them the wrong way or where they feel really strongly What is it that they want? Like, why did they come to coaching to begin with? What's important to them? I have a client who had thought she had a value of acceptance. It was acceptance. That was coming from her inner critic. Because she wanted to make sure that everybody was happy all the time. Mm. And I'm not saying that acceptance isn't a value, but her definition of it was more about not rocking the boat. Mm -hmm. And she had a big aversion to conflict. And the things she was coming to coaching for were not about acceptance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was actually not accepting the situation that she was in and recognizing her power in changing the situation and finding her voice to either make the change within her organization or to move to a different organization. But it wasn't about just acceptance. You know, sometimes it's really hard to notice that the value is not spot on. But usually as they start to talk about the value and what it means to them, if they're living it at an 8 or a 9 or a 10, that's where I can go, "Mm, I don't think this is coming from your wisest self, from what you truly want. I think this is coming from external voices. Now, you were talking about naming, you know, those inner voices, right? The inner critic, the saboteur. At Coach's Console, we actually identified villains and superpowers for that exact reason. Identify the character, separate yourself from it, and be like, oh, perfect Portia has shown up again. Like, wah! And then we also identified the superpowers. And this is an exercise that we take our clients through. And sometimes I'll ask them, I'm like, okay, with this particular situation, If you were to emulate the superpower of confident Carlos, how would you navigate the situation? And then just give them a chance to respond. Or I might pick another one that we've created, Dr. Richard Research. If you were to emulate the superpower of Dr. Richard Research, now how would you navigate this situation? Or another one, let your light shine Lizzie. Now, how would you show up? And I would give them a few different superpowers to emulate. Because what we found with our students is, when they could identify the darker voices, the villains, as we call them, the gremlins, inner critics, you know, all those different labels, that was one thing. But then they would just walk around identifying that all the time. Like, oh, that's happening again. Oh, there it is again. But when we could give them a variety of superpowers Uh to step into, it's like, okay, go and explore this situation from Let Your Light Shine Lizzie. We would talk about what that meant and I would give them a few different superpowers to work through the same scenario and watch them just kind of find their edges and do some exploration and really find their voice of what it is they do want to say so that their inner critic or their villain just is like, okay, you go hang out over there. We're going this way now. I love that. It's so fun. I talk about kind of like keeping people on your shoulder, but this is so specific and I love it. I love that. It's terrific. Now, you talked about how the setting values, it's the first thing you do with clients before goal setting. I don't do as much private coaching anymore, but back when I did, I would have, I call it a discovery form, like an intake form where they would, I don't know, I think there was probably 18, 20 questions. They would complete it before the first session. A lot of coaches still do that. 
would you include the values questions on that discovery form or do you wait for the first session you're working together to dive in? When I talk with my clients, I have specific questions that aren't just what are your values. I have them talk and it helps me to uncover their values. It helps me to pull out certain things. Like one of the questions I ask is, tell me about a peak experience in your life. A time where you really felt like this is what life is about. And I asked them to define two. One that's like a major event and then one that's smaller, quieter event. That, that helps me to hear what's important to them. Another question I just started asking and this is from Pooja Lakshmin's book Real Self Care which is so fabulous is I use the prompt you have $200 to spend on a birthday party that is the only stipulation you can only spend $200 for yourself a birthday party for yourself describe the birthday party to me not how you spend the money but just describe how you would have that party it tells you so much about what's most important to that person right wow there are questions on that intake form like what drives you crazy Mm mm-hmm What drives people crazy and what can they not tolerate is a huge indication of their values as well. So through reading the intake form, it gives me a sense of who they are and what's most important to them. I don't make them just choose five right off the bat. They give me their whole long list. Then I send it to them on a Google Doc so that they can look at it. And I tell them to choose five from that. Mm -hmm. Now you've got to choose five. And the other thing that's important that I find is really much more helpful to do together is that a lot of times there's like categories, right? So the value of love might include kindness and connection, but love might be the thing that's most important to them or family might be the thing that's most important, but it might umbrella a couple of other words in their definition so that it helps them to see, okay, connection is really the value that I want to highlight over family or family might be the value over connection, but when it's hard to choose, we get to start to look at it together and see oh, these actually support each other. So what's the core value that you want to highlight? And then look at how these other things support that core value. I love that. You said that you send it in a Google Doc. So is this something that as you're coaching with your client, whatever the time frame is, Mm -hmm. are you referring back to this regularly and consistently? Or do you just give it to them and let them do it? Or is it coming into the coaching conversation regularly? Values are always part of the coaching conversation. So I have with my clients a shared Google folder where all of our stuff that is shared Mm -hmm. works. So the values document, after they identify their core five and after they tell me what it looks like at a nine or a 10, and that all lives in that document. We talk about where it is right now. Where are you living this value now? And then we look at the gap and what's gotten in the way. So it's a really important thing to have and to be able to refer back to. Now, sometimes we'll discover three or four months into our work together that there's something they've been talking about a lot that they did not have on their core values. Mm -hmm. I have had a couple clients who have realized they have a core value of wealth. They didn't like that. It bothered them. But If wealth is important to you and you're denying it, why do you think that you're having issues with Mm -hmm. money? Yeah. Right? If there's a core value you have that you're not owning, hello, 
that's a problem. So once we discovered it and pulled it apart and talked about the critical voices that came up around that, it opened up so much for them. So we're constantly referring back to that. And the other thing I love to do is when a client completes to go back to those values and ask them, look at where they were when they started in their numbers and where they are now. Mm-hmm. That's a, such an easy way for them to see the growth that has happened. You know, I was a five and now I'm an eight. Yeah. And I think it would also be just a, a seamless transition to say, okay, now that you were a five, now you're an eight, where do you want to take this value in the next three to six months? whether they hire you to keep doing that or not, but just to position them. That's right. For the what's next and a natural conversation. I'd love to support you in that and let's look at how to do that. And so just to continue the work with the client just makes for a beautiful transition as well. Now let's touch on boundaries. Like we, when we introduced this, we talked about values and boundaries. And so we set the boundaries to make sure we're living the values. Talk a little bit about boundaries. A lot of people, when I bring up this word, they cringe. They're like, I just want to be free. And because freedom is a big word for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of folks that we work with. And so boundaries seem confining, but help us, like, take us inside boundaries for a second. So interesting that you say that. I think boundaries are freeing. It goes back to that thing I said, you know, knowing what you're saying yes to allows you to be clear about what you're saying no to. So I'm going to give an example from when I first started coaching because I just wanted clients and I wanted to keep my clients happy, right? So I had no boundaries around the way I was taking payment or when I would schedule sessions or what my cancellation policies were. All of those things are boundaries, we're scared of boundaries because people don't like them. The, the, the person who's on the receiving end of a boundary, and there wasn't a boundary before, they're not going to like the boundary. However, you know what they would like worse? If you don't want to be in a relationship with them anymore because they've been doing something that's made you so angry and upset and you've been pressing it down and you then explode like a pressure cooker and you don't even want to have them in your life anymore. And that's not their fault. That's the other thing about boundaries. You know, when I didn't have clear set policies around scheduling, when I wasn't saying I don't work at these times or on these days, then I would be resentful when a client would schedule it in my calendar. But I left it there for them to schedule. That's not their fault. So boundaries allow me to look at what works for me in my life and then also to create much more spaciousness in my relationships because I'm not resentful of the things that I'm not saying or not asking for. And so we have to learn how to exercise that muscle of using our voice and communication and all of those things that sometimes we may not be doing in areas that we want to get better at or explore that we haven't explored before, which is why we're doing coaching. I think why we're scared about boundaries is because we've spent so long not setting them that when we finally say something, we explode. It's very reactive. You shouldn't get to the point where you need to explode. When something feels uncomfortable for you, you get to explore what's going on and then have a conversation a loving conversation where you just talk it through. We think of boundaries as like throwing down mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. setting, and it, that's not what it has to be. It's asking for what you need or 
setting a parameter around what you need. I didn't have to ask my clients to stop scheduling sessions on Monday, Friday. I just blocked my calendar, right? And that's when the insides match the outside. That's right. So let's summarize a few things. We could probably offer an entire curriculum on this. What we've covered so far in our conversation, we talked about values are our ticket to fulfillment. It's it's the compass for our direction, for our life. And I really love how you said when we can identify the values, we stop looking externally for guidance and validation, but now we can begin to look internally and learn how to trust ourselves to move forward. We talked about defining values. It's the first thing that you do with your clients before goal setting. You talked about how you have your clients rated on a scale of one to 10. How much are you honoring those values? We talked about the resistance and the, the two areas where resistance often shows up. And you were so generous to give us some exercises about how to navigate when those areas of resistance comes up for our clients. You even gave us two prompts, which I wrote down. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to ask people these questions. Tell me about a peak experience, one major event and one quiet event. And then I love this one. You've got $200 to spend on a birthday party for yourself. Describe the party. And then, of course, we got into boundaries and how they're not meant to be confining or restricting, but they're actually freeing. Michelle, do you have any parting words for our listeners? As you're growing your coaching business, let it be messy is a mantra to live by because that is how growth occurs, right? So the idea of letting it get messy allows you to play and find out what works for you with your time and your energy. I think that's really important. The boundaries and the values combined really allow you to create spaciousness in your business and to be generous as a coach. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Michelle Pollock for this great conversation. You can find out more about her at michellepollock.com. That's Michelle Pollock, P-O-L-L-A-C-K.com. In the show notes, you'll also find links to great resources from her Four Steps to Get Out of Your Own Damn Way and The Guide to Stop Saying Yes When You Really Mean No. Michelle, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you, Melinda. This was really fun. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as To Lead as Human and Course Lab. To catch the amazing episodes of Just Between Coaches, follow us on Mirror CFM's YouTube channel or your preferred podcast player. And if you've enjoyed the show, we'd greatly appreciate your comments and a starred review. Mm-hmm.